You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Beside the Badge. I am your host, Chaplain Paul Buckner from the American Midwest, and uh, I uh, want to talk about the power of volunteering. So I've talked about this, I think, back in season one, but I think it's worth revisiting, not only because folks just kind of jump in at different points in a podcast, or some people, some people like myself, if I listen to a podcast, I listen to every episode of a podcast. And even if I don't like the speaker, even if I don't like the topic, I tend to listen to every episode of a broadcast of a podcast. And the reason I do that is I I guess I'm one of those guys. I don't want to miss anything. Now, some folks are browsers. They're like, "Mm," or like, uh, kind of like a uh, smorgasbord. They want to go through the buffet line and go "Eh, a little of this, a little of that. And, uh, and that's fine. But I tend to listen to every episode of every of every podcast you might uh, throw a comment in the in youtube or shoot me a message on facebook uh, you can find me at beside the badge podcast on either of those platforms and i need to get onto the instagrams i just haven't done it yet um let me know uh are you are you a browser do you do you go through and and uh, go through the buffet line or do you eat it all do you consume it all um so the power of volunteering one of the things that I've found over time, like you would think as humans that we could go home at the end of a shift, at the end of our, our work day, and we could sit at home and not socialize with anybody and not interact with anybody and be perfectly happy always and never depressed. Now, I'm going to put a caveat on that. Based on your personality, some people some people recharge from their day by going out with friends. Some people recharge from their day by curling up with a book. Um, some people recharge from the day by hanging out with a small core group of people, their, their, their spouse, um, a couple of loved ones, a couple of close friends. And some people are extremely social. They, they, they have a wide social network and they visit with a lot of people. And then some people are very, very introverted at the end of their day. They just want to go home and over time, based on, um, emotional injuries, based on frustrations, we can, we can shift, but we've got to be careful not to fall into depression. And so that's one of those really, really interesting things. Understanding your own personality. Um, uh, What is it? The Myers-Briggs personality uh, test. If you're honest about it, I've taken the test over the years several times and finally pegged my own personality, finally, with the help of a friend. Uh, But understanding your own personality is huge. But then the power of actually volunteering and... uh, so I'm going to frame this better because there's, there's so much here and it's so cool. And I don't want to mess this up. So Lord help me here. Um, <clears throat> you would think that we could sit in a room by ourselves and just watch our favorite movies and play games and do whatever and turn the lights down and, and, you know, rah, play this game or watch this movie or whatever. And, and, and make the, the time all about us only. And that would make us happy. And it actually makes us depressed. But volunteering and getting outside of ourselves is incredibly helpful. And I've had several officers over the years tell me that they had fallen into depression, whether someone had left them like a a divorce, the death of a loved one, um, horrible things that happened at work, bad, bad um, admin structure, 
um, you know, a corrupt department that they've worked for. That's one of the hardest things on an officer is they get into law enforcement to enforce the law and to protect and serve and finding corruption within a department uh, that's not being dealt with is heartbreaking. And I've seen officers who've stood up to that and sometimes they're lauded and they're celebrated and sometimes they're ostracized and kicked to the curb and become black sheep. And if that's happened to you, I am so sorry. I've seen it devastate people. Um, and we can let that make us bitter if we're not careful. I've seen people survive it and come out of it and go to work for other departments or go to work in the private sector. I've also seen people that could never move past it and seen it destroy their lives, um, where, where all they did was focus on how much, how angry and how hurt they were and how much they hated the, that circumstance and those people. And that's not healthy. The power of volunteering is um, maybe there's a graffiti problem in, in an area and you want to help fix it. Maybe that's something where you're like, man, I just I hate to see that that beautiful old church or that bridge or whatever. And so you you decide that you want to do something outside of your law enforcement day and you're, you're going to work on a Saturday morning with a group of people, maybe a youth program, uh, you want to volunteer at Boys and Girls Club or something with your church. All of us have something to give. And I had a guy tell me yesterday that um, he has a, a program that they take young people hunting and they've got several people that work with it. And he said, we've had these campfire talks sitting around in the in nature. And what does he get to do? He gets to go hunting. He gets to go out in nature and sit around campfires and do things that he loves. And he said, I've had these people open up to me and, and young people say things like, well, my dad, my dad committed suicide and I'm just not sure what to do with that. Um, those are real talk moments and maybe definitely not maybe, but, but they're steering these young people in a better direction. And so many young people need to be steered just a little bit. They need a father figure or a big brother or whatever. Maybe that's your thing. Um, I can tell you as the kids grew up and moved out of the house, um, and made their life decisions and became their own people, you as a parent have to redirect. And I'd seen it happen with friends and family, um, with, with customers where as the kids moved up and grew out, they kind of went into a tailspin. And this is where if you're not careful in your marriage, you can feel like you're, you've drifted apart. You've got to have those little romantic trips and things in your relationship that you do and remember, you know, oh, wait, I am attracted to you. I do. I do love you. I like you. You're sexy. Let's go spend time together. Um, but as as these things shift and change and as your as life changes, having something you can do that gives back is huge. So what do I mean by that? What are, what are some things I'm talking about? Well, for me, um, I discovered what I, what I initially called Southwest Missouri Adopt-A-Cop, and I still use that name. I've never formally made it a, a charity, but um, better than a decade ago, I came across a department that needed help, and I got a big mouth, and I know people, and got open doors, and I was able to start helping these departments, and I would go to them. They couldn't afford IT work. They couldn't afford the, a professional rate. Uh, because of, they just had no tax base in their city and they would get equipment donated to them, but they couldn't, they couldn't make it work. And so I'd go in and, oh, well, this is, this is garbage, but this is good. And let's fix this. And so I'd go in and I would donate my time. And it felt very fulfilling to know that people would, people would call me and say, Hey, thank you for that. By the way, I came in and my computer worked. Um, I could actually file my report without a blue screening. Um, or, or I, I'm not afraid I'm going to lose my data because you've set up a backup or, or whatever. Our fax machine works now. That for me was something I could do that I could volunteer and do. 
and it let me reach outside of myself. Um, for instance, um, my church, it was an old, the, my last church I was at for 25 years is an older building. The first, the first part of the building was built in like 1948. The second part was built close to 20 years ago. And when it, it just had started to develop a personality, the building had a lot of, of aches and pains and it had things that needed to be fixed. And so, uh, the gentleman who'd done it for a long time, I think he just was, he was done. He was tired. And, um, so I talked to the board and I got permission. Um, they gave me a budget. It was a couple hundred dollars a month and I could anything that needed repaired within a set of brackets that they gave me, a set of guidelines they gave me, I could go in and I could repair those things. And so I did. And, uh, ladies, little ladies would come up to me and, and, and take my hand and squeeze my hand, you know, and say, Oh, thank you so much. I can see in that hallway. I can see in that stairwell. And as we age, our eyes need more and more light. And so I started converting things to led and, and um, so what I would do, a lot of it was painting, um, putting in a semi-gloss paint. And I had a, there was, a, I think it was a high gloss. Um, I had a guy at Lowe's that taught me something because I was talking to him about um, colors and structure and the ladies picked their colors out that they wanted. And, and I would go get those colors and I would paint them. And for me, it was incredibly fulfilling. And it was amazing how God used that. And I'll come back here in a minute from our sponsor break and I'll talk about what all it blessed me with. But being able to volunteer and go in there and do that was huge. And so I would do my, my IT day and uh, fixing computers, information technology, and I'd work with a video client or whatever. And my wife and I would have our time together, but I would go down like early on a Saturday morning or there were, there were times that I would go work there and, and put on a coat of paint on something and then leave. And I would be gone before most people were up. And I liked to surprise our church. And uh, so I'd go and I had permission to paint this hallway and do this thing and change out these lights and whatever. We had problems with older building design that a lot of the hallways were kind of dark and dim. And so what I started doing was, uh, thanks to this Lowe's employee, he was teaching me how that the higher the gloss on the ceiling where the light is, it's actually going to make the ceiling pop more and push light down. Oh, wow. Boy, how he did it. And it, it helped me to realize that in some of these hallways, some of these paint jobs had not been done very well. <laughs> and I believe if I'm going to volunteer, I should do it with excellence. And so I would, I would go in and I'd paint the ceiling. And, and uh, a lot of times I got to the point I'd paint the walls first, because if I painted the ceiling first, people are like, oh my gosh, these walls look terrible. You need to paint these. But, and that's fine, but I would go in and I would, I would paint the ceiling and do the cut in work. And it was, I could listen to audiobooks and do self-improvement. And it was a way for me to, to, to redeem that time. We all have the same amount of time. Every one of us has 24 hours in a day. Nobody gets less than 24 hours. We all do. It's, it's, it's like a law, but it's what we do with them. And, and what are we wasting our time on? So I would listen to audiobooks. I would listen to worship music. It was great for me. I would worship and people would come in and be like, oh, I love that song. And I, that people would stand there for five minutes sometimes and talk to me 10 minutes, you know, and talk to me while they were watching me paint. And they're like, man, I just appreciate you doing this so much. So let's go to a quick sponsor break and come back and we'll talk about what those kinds of volunteering projects did for me. So dear, uh, dear Heavenly Father, I'm going to act like I'm going to pray this thing out. You, you'd, think I, you'd think it was early and I hadn't had nearly enough got your six coffee. I, I was getting ready to end this episode when I went to go to a sponsor break. Wow. You'd think I was human or something. So that's funny. So um, three sponsors, and I'm blessed to have them. John Lee O'Reilly with General Response, teaching de-escalation to folks, how we can how we can take bad situations and make them better. Um, secondly, 
Got Your Six Coffee. You've heard me talk about them before. If you listen to any episodes, you've heard me talk about them before. I change a life every time I drink their coffee. The life of a firefighter, an EMT, a paramedic, a police officer, or a veteran. I drink their coffee for a reason. It's good stuff. Tastes great. But I change lives when I drink it. Matt Combs with Shield Force International. My friend, a mentor, uh, very, very good at what he does. Teaches law enforcement training. Very, very pertinent in today's day and age. Very good stuff. So coming back, volunteering and what it does for us. I've talked about some of these things before, and we'll probably hit them again down the road, but the power of volunteering, those little projects gave me these little dopamine hits of, I finished this section of this wall, and I would break a project down. I'd be like, okay, this wall is 20 feet long, it's eight feet tall, I'm going to do all the cut-in work first, that's the slow part, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to roll this with this kind of paint, and I'm going to get this section of the wall done. And that was a dopamine hit. I got this little thing done. I'd step back and look at it. I had to learn to leave paint alone because I would be painting a wall and I'd, I'd get it all painted and I'd be like, that doesn't look right. And, and I wasn't letting it dry in and actually see what it did. And uh, so I did that. I'd paint a section of a wall, do all the cut and work. And then, and then I had to paint another section. And I, I remember doing like entire hallways or whatever. And I'd go down like on a Saturday and it really was a blessing. I would, I would, I would try not to leave anything not finished. And there were times I got called away and I had no choice, but I would try to do so. And I wanted to do things with the, the blessing of my church board that they were like, they were wow pizzazz things. Like you walk into the foyer and bam, you've noticed this huge change. And that is one of those things that I was, was and am very passionate about because people see those. It helps the curb appeal. We changed out all the doorknobs and rekeyed the church, which was good because over a long period of time, a bunch of people had keys and they had been copies of copies of copies and they didn't work right. And increasing the curb appeal of the church. And I, I'd talk to people that they, they'd be like, well, you, the shrubbery and this and that. And so we went through and fixed things. Well, the, the dopamine hit immediately was nice, but the serotonin release where I could go and I could, I'd stand because sometimes motivation comes and goes, it ebbs and flows, but, but drive and determination and, um, uh, focus is something I'm terrible about, but in the past, especially, but I'm, I'm learning to overcome that. And it let me, I'd finish a section of a wall. I would, I'd paint a classroom or, or whatever. And coming away from that, it looked so much better. You know, I'd clean up something that was on the floor or, or run something, replace one of the computers or whatever. I did a lot of that. I'd, I'd have, um, being an IT guy by trade, they wanted to take all of our pastor sermons, which were audio only, and we'd put an image placeholder and then put them on YouTube. So it was, it was a quote unquote video, but, it, and it was up on YouTube and we had them on Facebook and different things. And it let people listen to old uh, episodes, old episodes, old, uh, old sermons. And so I'd have one of those rendering where I had the audio track and everything and very much like I do today. Uh, when I'm doing my, my, uh, beside the badge podcast in a, in a, here in a few minutes, when I finish this, I'm going to go from my studio here where I, I do my podcast. I'm going to go to my, my editing suite and, uh, in my office and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to have an episode rendering and uh, edit the thing and render it. Well, I'd have that going on and that felt good to have a couple of things going on and then I'd be over painting or changing a door lock or whatever. And again, listening to things that were fulfilling, but the serotonin release in my brain was the long-term impacts it was having where people were like, I had people come up and say, 
it had looked so dingy. I, I was actually embarrassed to invite people to our church. And you think about that, how, how small a thing, um, a $30, $40 gallon of paint and a, a few hours of my time could lead to someone finding our church and people feeling comfortable inviting someone in. And that, that was huge. Um, that really was huge. And so uh, in repairing little things where somebody come to me and say that lights out or that smoke detectors out or, or um, we had a little boy that was sitting there in a classroom and he was taking his finger. He was just bored. He was a little boy. He was coming in on Wednesday night and uh, he, he literally like scratched a hole in the wall, like a, like a little rat chew mark in, into the drywall. And the teacher observed him doing it, told him to stop turns to me and she's like, I'm so sorry. And I took filler and put it in there, sanded it down and repainted it. You could never tell it had even happened. Um, but it was one of those things that it helped up the curb appeal and it helped people to, it, it helped people to enjoy and appreciate. And it actually inspired people. And I had people that wanted to come in and join and our church always had great volunteers, but um, it helps people to want to volunteer more. So I'd have people say, next time you do one of these projects, I want to come help. And we had rich colors that were going in and, and, uh, it really was a very fulfilling thing to do. And I, I'm a big believer and we'll talk about this more in subsequent episodes, but I'm a big believer in leaving it better than you found it. And that was a big one for me being able to go, Oh, wow. I, I think I made a positive difference here. Um, I left it better than I found it. And that's a very good feeling. And so, um, anything else, Lord, is there anything else you, you that I should add to this? volunteering is not about us. It's about others, but it feeds us in ways that we can't even explain because you would think that being alone or with a very small nucleus of people only would feed us. And I do some very introverted things. I will, I do some very extroverted things and I ride with departments and I help with things. And then I'll come home and maybe I read a book for two hours. Last night, I probably read for an hour and a half, um, finished a movie and then my wife got out of her meetings that she had and we spent time together. And those are very fulfilling things, but volunteering outside of that, doing something that beautifies an area and being in law enforcement, you've seen what having areas not beautified does. Um, people are way more likely to vandalize a building that they feel is already a dump. It's actually statistically proven and being able to work in an environment and volunteer or maybe volunteering with people is your thing. I mean, I know officers that go to skate parks and they skate and they visit with the young people and people are like, man, you're pretty cool for a cop. Um, and when you're involved in your community, this is the final thing that I really wanted to express. So thank you, Lord. I'd forgotten about this. Um, when you're involved in your community and you're accessible, people are more likely to tell you things. It, it blows my mind that if you've been a cop more than 10 minutes, you will have experienced this where I'm riding with a department and somebody's like, oh, three weeks ago, there was a guy over there by that shed. And I think he might've been breaking into it. He was wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt and a ball cap. And he had this really weird facial tattoo. And you're like, oh, that's Bill Jones. I know exactly who that is. That's who's doing the break-ins. And for some reason, people are allergic to calling it in. I don't know why it's one of the great mysteries of the universe, but people are allergic to calling it in, but they'll catch you on the street and tell you about something. And it's a very frustrating thing. Cause you're like, if you had called us in when it was happening, we might've caught them in the act anyway. Um, but when you're involved in an environment like that, I don't know how many times I'll be with a police officer and we stop into a gas station or a restaurant and somebody's like, ah, thank God I found you. 
as though 911 and non-emergency numbers don't exist, but they're like, oh, thank God I caught you. Um, this guy is actually parked over across the street. I know he doesn't have a valid driver's license and he's got warrants. That's what a phone is for. But when you're involved in your community, people are much more likely to call you and they're much more likely to ask you questions. And I know some of the questions are just unbelievably dumb, but but bear with them. And over time, as I had I actually had officers come in and volunteer with me at my church and volunteer with me in the community. And, and it's awesome. And people would come up and, and over time, the stupid jokes went away. You know, I didn't do it. He did it. Arrest him. Officer, take my children. It's, it was bull crap, stupid, idiotic things that people say. Uh, they went away and people began to, they'd be like, well, well, Ted, I got, I got a question. Why, why does this happen? Or, or, um, you know, I've got this guy in my neighborhood that's dealing drugs. You do really what house? I mean, the average police officer is going to go, really? I happen to not like drug dealers and I happen to see the damage they do to people's lives and I want to get them off the street and volunteering really has that power to remind you that there are good people in the world and restore your faith in humanity. And you don't have to tell people you're a cop. I know people that volunteer in different environments and they work for the city of, and that's all they say. So let's pray this one out. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this ministry. I thank you for the opportunity via podcast to reach the, the hearts and the ears of folks who are out there, Lord God. Uh, as they are protecting and serving. I ask that you bring it to the right ears, that you would um, that you would guide, bless, and protect these folks, keep them protected supernaturally, that you, Lord God, as they seek you, you would draw them closer to you, give them the desires of their heart as they seek you, Lord God. And um, I just thank you for this opportunity. It is very fulfilling to me to know that maybe some little nonsense thing I said touched someone's heart, help them get through a shift, help them stay behind the badge when they didn't want to, when they, when they were at that weakest, darkest moment that maybe it helped to inspire them. And I thank you for that in your son Jesus' name. Guys, I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. 